Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Thunderdome Metal Reviews. My name is Gabe Cooper. I'm here with Tracy and David. Ben is on assignment and cannot be with us. He's here in spirit, though. And tonight, we are treating you to a grab bag, and it is of my design. But before we get into all that, how are you doing tonight, gentlemen? I'm doing good. I'm going to say Ben's spirit is unbreakable, and he's holding strong. He's holding strong. I just, you know, I decided to actually do the homework this time and not try and do Tracy a favor. So I feel solid about what's about to happen. <laughs> who's to say that you didn't listen to Slayer between all of these? Who, who's, who's to say? And who's to Who say would you accuse you of such a thing? Not me. Um, who's to say you didn't do me a favor this go around either? Just subconsciously this time? Well, that's, it's in the mix, though. I, we, we will get there. Before we get carried away with all the favors and stuff, I want to explain what we're doing tonight. And I think I think I was sent to Thunderdome for two reasons. The first was to combat great inflation. And the other sure. was to make everybody else as uncomfortable as possible yeah, with my right. you know music choices. And I do that some of the time, but I want to give that opportunity to everybody because uh, this is a um, what, what can I say? It's a it's a lifelong learning endeavor of making each other suffer. And um, the theme of this grab bag is a grab bag that I have uh, called on before to help us out. Um, it is called um, Not My Subgenre. And this is the second iteration of that. So the challenge is to pick record from a subgenre that is normally not something that you like or that you typically don't like. Um, Indeed. And, and let the chips fall where they may. That's the, um, that's sort of the, reason for that and i think you know it's good to stretch out every once in a while it's good to push your own boundaries um maybe i'm alone in that but that's sort of how i look at it well the good news about the way this works is it doesn't matter we all we all get to do it yep make us all just ready or not it's happening i mean the dean sent you here to bring grades down and to make us sad so we're (laughs) check and check so um i guess yeah that's the explanation so we each picked a thing that was not in our area yeah. our wheelhouse as they say here something new something exciting something that i think some of us might have picked something a long time ago along those lines but just kind of fell off on the wayside because i know i had fun tonight i had fun this week listening to these but i think i'm own kind of beast around here sometimes you have yeah. invested emotionally in the most subgenres of any of us. Which made I me would... picking what I picked like, okay, that tracks, but it's still like, mm, is it I have I have questions, but we're going to get there. I know we've got to start with Sir Benjamin's uh, yep. unexpected power metal assault. <laughs> Not unexpected. I knew what I was getting into when I saw the name Primal Fear. Yeah, I, I know who well, they are. <laughs> they're one of those bands that's how I've always been like, eh, no, I'm good. But we're... Well, well, so you did on. not get to escape it this time. It I was did forced not. On you. <laughs> yeah, so Mr. Lizzie chose for us Primal Fears uh, Nights to Album Unbreakable. It was released in Germany on January 20th, 2012, and the uh, North America on January 24th, 2012. Recorded at 211 House of Music Studios, uh, Witterbach, Germany. Uh, the producer in the chair is Matt Sinner, who's also the bassist and backing vocals. Um, the label is Frontiers. The lead uh, lead vocals on this is Ralph Sheepers. I'm assuming I'm saying that right. Sheepers. Uh, tell me if I say it wrong. Magnus Carlson on guitars and keyboards. That guy's Swedish. I make no promises. I just out of fun. Alex Beirut on guitars. Aforementioned Matt Sinner. And then Randy Black on drums. Eric Martinson. Randy Black. And... and Oliver Hartman are backing vocals on this album. Was this just y'all's first foray into Primal Fear? Yes. Yes. Okay. It is not the pod's first foray. I think this is our third actual Primal Fear album. Oh, okay. Because I know we, yeah, we did Jaws of Death early on and year one. And, uh, no, it's our second. But I've I've come back to Primal Fear a couple times since then. But yeah. So almost a five-year gap between albums. Think about it. But yeah, so Ben also picked that one too, and that was their debut album when we did it. But uh, since Ben is not here to defend himself, he'll be doing grades first, and he'll kind of set the discussion points for us. 
For Pharmacier, he notes Teutonic Painkiller era Judas Priest worship, solid melodic mid tempo. The lead singer tried out for Priest when Halford left. So, yeah. And I mean, you can definitely tell this dude's got some Rob Halford stylings in his voice. For and sure. I can see why he was part of the consideration coming in the running for it. I can too. Yeah. Off, off brand to Rob Halford. Yeah. I mean, this album entirely, like I agree with Ben, is painkiller worship, and I enjoy it. I don't think it quite reaches painkiller levels, but I mean, I think it's still a solid power metal album, which pan, like, Painkiller never hit power metal level, I don't think, like that. But this album fully puts itself into power metal a little more so. And I think it's kind of like you see the deviations of like a decade there, like their stylistics and when really kind of hit the ground running with Primal Fear versus when Painkiller came out for Judas Priest. Like, I think power metal became much more of a a thing at this point in time. I'm just thinking about the gap between them. It's like 22 years. So it's like a generational reboot. So, and that's one thing. Primal Fear's first album came out in 96, I believe. Yeah, it's 96 or 97. Yeah. So, like, they're definitely influenced by Pain. Uh, 99. Oh. So, like, it's a definitely. Like, yeah, I think they formed in 97. Yeah. Anyway, yes, very much in the blast radius of Judas Priest and Iron Maiden and Saxon and whatever else we're looking at that is happening. Yeah. Hello, Halloween. Gamma Ray, I mean. Yeah, I, I thought of early Blind Guardian, too. Um, sure, yeah, 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 And I think that as well as the power metal-y stuff, it sounds very heavy metal to me. Like, um, you know, definitely dipping back into not just, you know, sort of Judas Priest as they enter the 1990s, but like Judas Priest of the like 80s, maybe even 70s. It's super over the top. It doesn't seem all that speedy or technical to me. And it has this, like, I don't know, the cheesiness is there in something like Judas Priest, like in, you know, some of Painkiller. We could point to some obvious moments, but um, where they become cheesy sort of here and kind of stupid is, like, it reminds me of Man of War. <laughs> like, that is a fair comparison. Like, and, oh, yeah. It's, it's weird. Yeah. That- it's when it gets taken to like 11, which I think is that's that's power metal. <laughs> so like, I feel like that's when it hits that threshold of power metal. It's like, and we turned it up to 11. Just absurdity is part of the game. Bad that, guys wear, wear black, man. That's what I know. And these guys don't. These guys wear white. I think that they are totally competent. You know, they, yeah, like, they the guy, the guy can clearly sing. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it instrumentally. There's nothing wrong with it in terms of, I don't know. They they know they they know where their influences lie. Um, I just wish they'd do something else. I mean, I think that this has been done so many times and by so many sure. different people in like a more creative way <laughs> that I don't know. Like, I just don't know why you would listen to this over Judas Priest. Um, That's a valid question. I mean, you, if, I wouldn't. If you, if you do like <laughs> Judas Priest, I get it. I can understand why you know if you're in you want more metal, of it. You like, yeah, you want more. Otherwise, though, I'm not sure where they're, you know, breaking any new ground. It's slightly different. And for me, I think part of the fear, because I would listen to this and Judas Priest, like I I can, I'm kind of like, por no los dos. Like, why not have both of them in your life? And so. <laughs> Indeed. so more like, is more, says Tracy. It's more is more. Why not? Um, part of this, I think it's this cheesiness and just kind of like absurdity that you can kind of hear, that you hear, because like. Have you, have you heard Keeper of the Seven Keys or any of like Halloween, like the early like 80s? Yeah, I've heard time? some Halloween. Yeah, so yeah. like you could definitely tell some of like the riffs are playing here to where like you're getting the imagery of like a far off wizards and warriors kind of like listening to this. Yeah. You don't quite get that with Judas Priest. And I think that. Okay, imagery, well, but like, maybe with but maybe with Halloween, like that's, you know, like the German guys were doing this for them and they were doing it like for the first time. So it was fresh. I yeah. guess that's the point I'm kind of making. And maybe it's not an important point. Certified not fresh. So basically. <laughs> this is what we're getting from Gabe. Not fresh. He's like, give me keeper to seven keys or fuck off. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that I I would listen to I mean, forget about anything but painkiller. I'd just listen to painkiller over this any day of the week. But like I think I also just enjoy the like the speed meddliness of um like Blind Guardian. Like that's got that some of that sword and sorcery nonsense too, but I don't know. This this sort of seems like it just seems like old to me. And when we get into tracks, you I'll point out specifically what things are just like, I don't know. 
I, I also wanted to ask you, Tracy, did you not read off the duration of this record? I did not. This album is one hour and four minutes, I believe. With you yeah, if you, the acoustic. Yeah, if you include it. Because you know what track really needed to be more sappy? <laughs> the ballad. The ballad. You know what? We need we need our ballads to be balladier. <laughs> I was um, just going to point that out as an uncharacteristic length for something that Ben would ben, have picked. And also could, probably one of the longest records we listened to for today. Yeah, it of is the time. longest record we listened to for the day. The of rest comes in at like 15 minutes. And I will say this album does start to kind of run, but I think you're also looking at there are their ninth album in. I mean, this is equivalent to like you've hit people like I think Hush and Grim is Mastodon's ninth album. It's kind of like the print perspective. I'm trying to like think in Megadeth terms. What which one is the ninth album? I don't, I don't think you can. I don't think you can really do that. Well, um, I'm just saying, like in terms of like where they're at stylistically in writing, like I think they very much have hit their like what they're comfortable at and what they're going to do, and and this album, like I listened to their 2018 album, and I think I listened to the one in 2020 as well. If I'm trying to remember, like off the top of my head, and so I think. Like they kind of hit that at a point to where like they're not really doing a lot of changes in their songwriting style. And so you're kind of like, what you get is what you get. And this is like, if from what I remember off the early albums I've heard other than this, like other ones later, like it is kind of similar. Like they've hit their kind of point of where they're, you know what you're getting. They have a very like two for three, four years, hit the studio. They know how their song write, knock out an album, hit the road again. Yeah. And maybe that's also why it doesn't feel super fresh to me. Um, not that I know their catalog as intimately as as you or some of some of their other fans, but in that sense, I don't know if it makes a difference whether it's the ninth album or not. I think it just matters that they've been famous for long enough, and you know they've been able to sustain themselves with their music for long enough that they can keep making the same kind of record, and it doesn't matter so much. And uh, that's great for fans, but it's maybe not so great for critics. Yeah, I think. I don't know. There's a fine line between homage and through derivative. That's the problem I think I have is that it's almost too close to Judas Priest without being Judas Priest. Does that make any sense? And I think I'd prefer that to like, I'm not Team Cheese. That's one place Tracy and I don't really align. I I know I like Guar, but I'd say that's a different kind of thing than Diggy Diggy Hole. (laughs) So, and I think like, you know, Ben talks about like, not liking longer stuff. I think there's some bands that kind of like that gets the free pass because they liked them when he was younger. Kind of like Guar is probably that for you. Like you liked them when you were a teenage. You know what? They're always going to get that free pass. I'm always going to be a Guar knight or whatever you guys. <laughs> and they're also silly in a way. I don't. Guar is a cheesy man. I mean, it's like a, a complete horror show that probably should be illegal in all jurisdictions. But like this, I don't know. It's just not enough. Anyway, I it's not my genre, but I do freaking love, you know, like I love Painkiller. That album is so badass. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about a bunch about how people in this genre, they really have to have pipes to carry this. And I think he does well enough, right? Because some of these, I think, are a fail. Some of these homage sort of new, new wave of British heavy metal yeah. ripoff bands that if the vocalist isn't good enough, they're done. I don't expect everyone to be Bruce Dickinson, nor does everyone need to be Rob Halford. But man, this guy's really close, though. It's a little weird. It's almost like Rob Halford on Candy Valley. I don't know. It's but then he doesn't actually hit the notes Rob Halford hits. I don't know. He's a way better vocalist, obviously, than I am. Um, and I mean, clearly, he's been doing this. Is he? I have to admit, I did not look at their personnel chart. Has it been him the entire time? I feel like yes. I think he is the constant. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. I, I would suspect so. Like, what is this without him? Um, him and the Matt Center, the drummer backing vocals, are the constants. So, but so. you know, I I because of Painkiller do have a higher tolerance for this than maybe I might have expected before uh-huh. Thunderdome. <laughs> it's sort of fun, you know. They're they're fast enough. It was a decent exercise tempo, getting amped even if in a chasey way. I mean, this wasn't terrible. Yeah. Put that on the album cover. This wasn't terrible. Certified, not terrible. <laughs> and I, I checked. I, I need to correct myself. Mastodon has not released nine albums yet. The House of Grim was their eighth album. And The World Needs a Hero was Megadeth's ninth album. Kind of put it in perspective in terms of like 
where they're at in their songwriting process. So, I mean, I think you also have to look at the the timeline, not just the number record, because uh, that can make a difference too. Ninety nine, you know, so nine nine, nine albums, albums in how many years? 14. Like, if it's nine albums in nine years, is a different story than if it's like nine albums and like if it's a fucking Tool, where an album comes out every thirteen years, yeah, every nine well, years, uh, every nine so... years you get a record. <laughs> like, so uh, these guys are nine albums in thirteen minutes. years. Because the first one came out in 99, this one came out in 2012. Uh, January 20, 2012 was that, you know, kind of. Uh, the World Needs a Hero came out in 01. Magnus' first album was 85, so 16 years. Yeah, well, Gabe recorded three albums during the pandemic, and he's going to put them out one at a time. So, <laughs> it's... yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah. So, Primal Fears released like an album a year, just about just boom, 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 just a little less than an album a year. Well, that is a mighty endeavor. That's a lot of albums. It is. But you know what I'm here for? I believe you. <laughs> Maybe the only one after this, but I'm here for it. So you guys want to do tracks? Uh, yeah, let's jump into tracks. Ben said, the songs are a bit wonky, but okay. Too long to say I'll take the ride, but all are listenable. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to give him the sentiment, agree with him in that sentiment that it's a little too long to go all of them, but there are several, yeah. Um, I enjoyed. I think it starts off real well with a uh, strike, and even we uh, we dug on a little bit. Bad guys were like just kind of catchy as hell. Uh, where eagles die, where angels die, and conviction, and what's the other one? Metal Nation was just some fun. Uh, you know, strike gets it kind of amped. It's got some pretty. Some decent uh, painkiller juice in it. Give them hell is okay. I don't know about the ballad. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I think if you cut just a couple of these, like, do we need marching again? Also, I don't know. There's, I feel like nope. this was right. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to butcher the album, but just to, like, let drop the acoustic. Get rid of I don't know one or two of those sort of there in that lad, ladder stretch. Night of the jumps. Are we? Are we? Are we parachutists? What's happening in this? <laughs> I've read those words multiple times. I'm still not entirely sure I understand what's happening. Probably doesn't even matter. Doesn't even matter. They got. They need an excuse to put cowbell. That's that's entirely. Oh what my god! I know. So I, that was what I was going to mention next. I'm like, so that's the track with the cowbell. I don't know about. <laughs> They're no. just like, hey, cowbell. All like, right. what if what if twelve were the end of the album? Right, bam. What if we just remove Born Again entirely? Yeah, it's. I'm never yes. a fan of ballads, but this I, one I vote remove it entirely. It's pretty cheesy, man. I also would vote remove Metal Nation. Yeah. Um, and you got to shout it. out to shout out another track that, like, I I sort of liked in spite of myself, where angels die. Um, yep. And uh, if you don't think of One Shot at Glory when you see Blaze of Glory, then I don't know, like what you're on because like it's like just such a close association and the whole thing is just a judas priest fest and uh i also kind of liked and there was silence it's you enjoy but i do think there's a lot of fluff on this it's all good power metally fluff (laughs) bad guys are black but is it good for you that's the question no it's empty calories i don't know it's it's it is fun enough and if you this is the thing though if you love glory hammer and all the other things that tracy claims are good you will probably like this if it's it's like biscuits and gravy if you're the kind of person that would on purpose make other humans listen to crib death maybe not this may not be your first choice it's not cavernous it's not toilety it's not you know i feel attacked personally Personally, think- emotionally, and psychically <laughs> assaulted. But if you want to have fun, this is the album you go with. It is pretty fun. I mean, I suppose if I were on my like space jet ski with Flash Gordon and I were blowing shit up, this would this would do it. So I'd probably still rather have Queen. Well, we can give you this one for that next dream you have. Indeed. Well, we ready? But, will we, but will we be born again? That's really the question, Tracy. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Gabe just hangs up. Like <laughs> and that's the last time we heard from. Excuse him. me while I just like heave. Oh man, I heave for like an hour. Um, <laughs> it's going great. Everyone, write that down. 
Um, so what is happening next? Next, we're doing David's pick. And he chose an album from this year. Props to him. Getting an extra squeeze in there. In the Abbey's uh, Word of Sin. Released on February 17th of 2023. It was on Season of Mist record label. The lineup is Henry Arvola on bass. Avesa Ranta on drums. Jesse Hecking Heikinen on guitars, keyboard, percussion, and vocals. Jan Marcus on guitars and Natalia Koskinen on vocals. And sorry if I butchered any of that. Probably did. We um, are not finished speakers. We are not. Not even a little. Sorry. Yep. Um, mastering was uh, Jamie Gomez Oriano. So I don't see any producer credit on here or not. But yeah. So we got us uh, some uh, finished doom metal. David. So here's what happened. I was like, well, if there were a Venn diagram of stuff that Ben likes and stuff that Tracy likes, what would that be like? And so I was like, well, Doom and some sort of proggy something or other. I think I was literally just Googling subgenres and like looking through lists. And then I'm like, psychic Doom? I don't really know what that means exactly. And so I looked up bands that did that and... I found this band and I read a review that said this record was interesting. So I did it because I don't usually like Doom because it's too fucking slow. And uh, sometimes I like some psychedelic stuff, but usually I, you know, I'm more team clutch than, you know, fish or what dream theater in its own way. I don't know. So, yeah. right. This is, these aren't genres that I really gravitate towards, though I do like Paradise Lost because Tracy chained me up in a cellar and made me listen to Paradise Lost oh, for I wanna I wanna say one thing. Ben is the one who had had the idea to do paralyzed Paradise. Oh oh is it? Okay. I'm just the one that fed the machine once it got started. <laughs> Fair enough. And then also decided Guar was what needed to happen. So this really crime's being committed all around. Guar I take responsibility for. But the point is Guar is your fault and we listen to a lot of Paradise Lost. And I must say, I really like Alice in Chains a whole lot. So obviously there was some of that going on here. I was like, oh, okay, in terms of the vocal layering and some of the intense sadness. So there was some stuff I could grab onto. I was pleasantly surprised by this, um, but can vouch for it in no other way beyond that because, you know, I didn't really know what it was. So uh, I hope you found it interesting, as I did. I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, I did too. Um, for Ben, he goes heavy ghost. I dig the guitar tone. Yeah, me too. Um, he calls. I can't make out his hand right on that last word. Um, but he said seems too slow for David. It was kind yeah. of, but you know, it's so moody, and if if it's pretty enough, I'm actually okay with that. So yeah. it was it wasn't too bad here. It wasn't ponderous because some doom. I don't know, like if we take Red Fang and cut the tempo in half and that, you know, if we, yeah, right. That's sort of more austere. Like, I don't know. This was like sort of florid. There was like layers happening and there was strings that were, I want to say not to compare one to another, like the synths here, I found better executed than on the last album we just talked oh. about. That's the other thing with that album. I was like, eh, I know we can't be Metallica and get the, you know, Helsinki Philharmonic up in the space but it just was really casio sounding uh there's some bleeps and bloops here but i feel like it's embedded in a way that it isn't as noticeable or problematic i don't know gabe is the one who is very sensitive to both bleeps and bloops is a medical condition <laughs> yeah, it's true so, um the keytar not to be, keytar not allergy to be lightly not to get ke- <laughs> <clears throat> uh, we don't roll dice here with the uh Anyway, um, yeah, I'm proud of you, David. This is a this is a very big step into my development as a person into melodic doom. I also thought that this had uh, some stonery kind of moments sure. with echoes of um, Amon Ra. Yeah. Like it was sort of I a downer so in the same way as Amon Ra can be a downer with like Agreed. just the lo- the groove that just like take you down and down. And um, I think I also understand um, its appeal in terms of the symphonic. Mm-hmm. elements of it that stuff is not stuff that i gravitate toward but i wasn't um wasn't super annoying 
I thought the vocal harmonies were beautiful. Me too. And they don't skimp on the keyboards. They draw. Uh, which is normally not my style, but I think that the effect of the keyboards, the effect of sort of the vocal harmonies and the kind of symphonic kind of stuff is that it just sounds very clean. You know, it sounds very well produced, mm-hmm. which is like, it's not a bad thing necessarily for, for doom metal. And I think, I think a lot of it works for me. I'm going to agree with you there. I think I'll, I'm going to say a lot of this works and it's kind of, it's layered really well. Hearing this album a couple of times, I was kept like, it kept like tackling a very familiar or scratching a very familiar. I'm like, I know something that sounds familiar. It's like, I feels like very close, but it's not the exact same. Like, and it hit me today while I was driving home from around from, from getting lunch or something. Paul Bear, when we went to made the trip to Montgomery, like there's a very heavy like Venn diagram almost overlap, like the way they layer stuff and the kind of sound mm-hmm. they go through where they have rely on some like more like the reverb aspects to kind of give some of that doomy ethereal feeling kind of into them as well. And then the way they layer the vocals in here, like it's a really well done and I'm fucking here for it. It's just slow. It's not quite doomed like funeral dirgy, but it it does make you feel what you play in it for a little bit and kind of invoke the thing. And I forgot to say the runtime for this is 53 minutes and two seconds. Yeah, it's pretty long too, but, and, and so a lot of that is the last track, but we will talk about yeah. that later. <laughs> we could have maybe trimmed that a little bit guys, but yeah, for sure. And that, that might, I think is probably the weakest track on the album. Cause it just, it, it feels like there's like two or three actual, like, concluding points in that song already and they keep going on with it but outside of that one track i think a lot of these are very well done i i'm almost partial to hearing female vocals in doom as well i think it adds mm-hmm. just a nice touch to it that you don't get with a lot of other bands and so indeed it's nice to hear it yeah i think overall the vocals in this album are quite good and i you know of course wonder i'm sure they've done other things because surely, like for a first album, this yeah, um, sort of coming up. I assume they're just part of like some sort of scene, so, and they were in other bands. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, Shape of Despair was a Natalie or Natalia came out of. Um, it looks like the drummer is from Sentenced and the Man Eating Tree, and one of the guitarists is from Man Eating Tree as well. And the other guitarist is just kind of like I think been in the scene for a very long time. It doesn't have anything listed on there, but yeah, looking at his thing, he's got six or seven credits in there as well. Yeah, he's got several cans and cookie jars. Well, for a debut, this is pretty dang good, I would yeah. say. It's a it's a pretty good effort. And it's weird because looking at the notes on uh, Encyclopedia Metallica, on Metallum, this thing was recorded between April and November 2021. So like it took um, a, a full year plus on for it to release, which is kind of surprising. I guess I just sat on it and wanted to wait till they could tour with it, I guess, maybe if that's the case, because I know that's what 12 Foot Ninja said they'd wait so long to release that album for, because why release an album you can't tour on? Mm-hmm. Indeed. Well, did we did we say what Ben thought of this? Yeah. We did. We did. Mid-tempo dem. Um, yeah, indeed. Or, oh yeah, Ghost. He he now is kind of leading to Ghost, and that was another one I kind of heard about that, which I'm actually surprised we have somehow managed to avoid doing as many albums we have. But is there anything else I can say, or would we like to move on to tracks? Okay, if we move on to tracks. Again, okay. I don't know a whole, whole lot about them or their context or whatever, but... Yeah. Ben, he likes them all. Take the ride. I am almost there, but not quite. I'm in all of them, but that last one... This album would be 41 minutes, would move a bit quicker, and I think I'd probably do better off just kind of smooth things out. So I'd say one through nine or one through eight. Yeah, I think the opener is quite nice. And A Thousand Dead Witches, when they're fast, they're pretty fucking awesome, actually. It makes me wish they'd been occasionally a little faster, but that, that track is fun. Dressalian, ugh, I assume that's about suicide. Man, the lyrics of some of these songs. Escape says they can be quite quite the buzzkill in terms of pulling you down to the ground and kicking you repeatedly. <laughs> right. Destroying Desert Temple from the perspective of the person getting sacrificed. Oh man. Um 
old ones prequel and old ones that's a lot of song i don't know i think you could even keep it it doesn't need quite as much of that like lead out where there's like feedback happening and all that i think it could have been edited a little bit i like the story of it i mean it's you know giving me strong evangelion vibes like the angel show up and they're actually pieces of shit and destroy everything (laughs) they're like end the world but then there's also an element of like wait they're punishing you because of what you did to the witches interesting so it like loops back to the second track but um so there's some there's some cool stuff on here um i i would have tightened it up a tiny bit but on the whole i was i was pleased with my pick based on nothing at all except genre yeah i think that my favorite tracks on here are a thousand dead witches starless widow's will and queen of pain i think the rest i can kind of i mean i see where they're doing but i also thought it was just too long and the last three minutes of old ones are all i need like i think those are really really sweet three minutes (laughs) and um yeah I think it's I think it's very it's a very cool experience. It is not what I usually gravitate towards, that's for sure. All right, that leads us on to my pick. And I'm gonna go ahead and say I think I checked a box on the um not my subgenre, as it is boat thrower, honor, valor, pride. So yeah, originally it's something else, but as you if you listen to our previous episode of Grab Bag, you'll know that I said uh, an all-north rock and darkament, but that kind of gets a little too close into my subgenre. So I went something that was purely death metal. So it's not my subgenre, but it's both are. So it's fucking awesome, and we're here for it. Why did you pick this one? It's just interesting because it's the only non-Carl Willett album. So interesting enough, my introduction to both are was seventh offensive off this album. Understood. Okay. I knew it had to be something like that. I'm like, and, why this one? And so that was where, like, that's the one I came in, like, okay. I got now, like, I heard some other stuff off this album, but obviously, like, we did the Fourth Crusade early on in the Thunderdome days. We've we done Rebel Chaos and War Master. <laughs> well, <laughs> Rebel Chaos, War Master much more recently. We did Realm of Chaos early days as well. So, like, we kind of hit this both or here's a blast. And, like, it's interesting. Because that's why I chose it for that reason. And so I'd listened to this one some outside the fact. And so it's the one I had experience with before I heard anything else about Thor. Um, some details for this record. It is their seventh studio album. It was recorded and mixed at Sable Rose Studios in Coventry. Um, it was released on November 2001. Released on Metal Blade Records. Andy Faulkner sits in the chairs. As David mentioned, this is the only one with vocalist Dave Ingram. It has Gavin Ward, Barry Thompson, Martin Kearns, and Joe Bench on the line. Uh, Joe Joe Bench on the lineup. Looks like Joe was uh, was on every album. Martin Kearns was on this album, the one afterwards. Exactly. Barry yeah, Thompson no. and Gavin Ward were on all of them. Mm-hmm. So. And Willett comes back on the album after this. Yeah. The final one. So I didn't really look into it. Why did he leave or? I actually don't know. I've read all about the change and how, but I I don't actually know. I have to say, because uh, I was not reading metal magazines in two thousand whatever to do another shit. Yeah, I don't know why. Pro- artistic differences. I don't know. I mean, he came back, so yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, uh, uh, according to David Ingram's. Uh, Wikipedia page it says he left both or due to health issues just prior to recording the next album. So it might have been a very what was the Exodus Zipco or whatever had left, and but then their replacement singer died, so they brought him back. Yeah, yeah. but so yeah, bolt thrower you can't really go that, wrong with it, can you? This is sound. Yeah, <laughs> a lot yeah, of people it's... think that. Sorry, you go ahead, please. Kevin. No, you go ahead, you go ahead. I was just going to say, a lot of people think this is one of the two weakest ones. Yeah. I think some people are mad that it's not Willet, and I get that, because Willet is pretty amazing and sort of defined not just this, but to some degree the genre. Or what's the one before this? Mercenary? People really seem to hate that album. I don't know that album very well. That's the one that that's sort of mostly the original lineup, but they tried to add Groove Juice, and apparently fans not a fan favorite. But I think there's uh, some of that going on here, too, and mm-hmm. 
Um, I hadn't heard this record before, and I'm also, you know, I'm not a complete noob to uh, Boltra, but I'm still kind of getting my way through their catalog. And this isn't my favorite Boltra ever. I think what's happening here is that there is some groove that comes out of the heavy repetition that's going on in a lot of the tracks. And some of that you can trace back to the old school flavor where, you know, the early, early death metal had this simplicity to it that was really primal and really just really uh, driving and uh, fun for that reason. But I think we're in 2001 right now with Mm -hmm. this record. And by that time, you know, death metal changed quite a lot. And the fact that it's kind of working with this groove or working with that repetitiveness, you really need a little bit more than that, for me anyway. That said, it is Bolt Roar, and they do have a sense of like, you know, how to grab the listener, you know. And I think that when they do, it's really grabby, like it's really catchy and awesome. Um, It just takes sort of a while for it to do that. You know, and it's not it's not a very long record. Like there's aren't that many tracks on it and it's not very it's 45 minutes long. It should be it should grab you from the get go. Um, but I don't know. That's just how it hit me. I don't know about you guys. Like, oh, go ahead. well, I was going to say, so my knowledge of vocalists for Dead Both are because I've only had experience with the four albums we've talked about. I didn't realize this is a different singer until something until it was mentioned. And I was also seeing, you know, people's rankings on it. it this was off, well, very obviously one of the least favorite ones. But also there was this part of like, but it's still both there, so it's still good. Like part of that conversation as well. Like, sure. hey, it's still like, it's not great, but it's still good. It's better than a lot of albums that exist. <laughs> yeah. And so like, it's definitely a both for and treat. So I knew their catalog pretty well, all the way up to For Victory. Uh, I listened to the shit out of Realm of Chaos, my God, and Warmaster, like when they came out. So I'm, I don't know if that makes me an early adopter, but I guess for the US, pretty early. Uh, but I just sort of lost track of them. So I didn't, I'd never, I've still not ever heard Mercenary. Uh, you know, I've never heard, I don't, I think on a mix or two, I've heard one or two tracks off this, but I've not heard any of these later albums, which is as much as I used to love Bolt Thrower is maybe interesting, but they just kind of fell off the radar screen for me. And I think I heard people talking about how much they hated Mercenary. I was like, I don't know if I would have spent my money on that because that's the thing you did in 1998. (laughs) So it took me a hot minute to get $16 or whatever. So, uh, so this was new to me, even though I know everything from like 94 and before quite well. Yeah. Well, David, it looks like all we need to do is one. We got a blast with them. We'd have the double throw discography done. Yeah. What those once loyal mercenary for victory and uh, that very, very first one. Who dares win? I guess that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was like a black and white cover. It looks homemade. Somebody selling out of the back of a truck. Oh, well. Okay. iTunes ain't got anything before, but I think on Amazon I may have seen an old another one. Spotify does not have in battle. There's no wall. They've only got Rim of Chaos on, so mm-hmm. we'd have for Victory Mercenary. Those once loyal, yeah, and that's three anyway. And in battle, there's no wall. So if you could find a copy of that, we could make it work. This Eric Peel sessions. Who dares wins? Oh, it's down here. If you scroll down, what even is this? Who dares wins? I don't know what this is. We we are really on it. I know this is probably going to get edited, but maybe not. Maybe not. Who <laughs> dares wins? What are you? I've never heard of this. What is this like unreleased shit? It's a compilation album. I mean, that's yeah, yes. I see that. Oh, I see. Okay, as so I'm looking at the titles now. World Eater needed an update? Okay. All right. Well, I'll be checking that out later. But anyway, um, well, I think this album is Bolt Thrower, making it better than some albums, but it is weaker, in my opinion, than any of the albums we have done so far. Yeah. And and not just because of the vocalist. He's all right. He's totally serviceable. But I get, here, I think he's really understandably trying to be Will It, like trying to sort of fit. Uh-huh. And it doesn't entirely work. Because, you know, he was in, was it, Benediction or whatever? He was a you know, in the same scene with like Napalm Death and that whole sort of Midlands grind slash death scene. And like they knew each other. He was really easier to work with. There was another guy they wanted to bring on board who 
I guess was a tool anyway. Um, and I agree with Gabe. It is um, a little bit repetitive without a sort of like primal nausea inducing horror of early death metal. It just kind of, mm-hmm. it can be a little, I don't want to say monotonous because of course it's unrelentingly heavy. Uh, you know, it's chunky, it's menacing. The production on it is so, so I don't, uh, 2002 maybe I expect a tiny bit more i don't know who knows yeah. what their budget situation was though i don't you know i don't, I don't know because fourth crusade for example that, that fucker is pretty well produced for 1992 yeah it's certainly heavy i wouldn't you know i wouldn't deny that i do think that it could use a little bit of an update like in terms of just like the kind of compositions that they're doing maybe some more like guitar lines some more tempo variation. Like it just feels mm-hmm. very in those, in those areas, particularly it feels kind of samey. That said, it is a bolt throw album. So like it's not, it uh, it's, you know, not so, you know, derivative that it can't be enjoyed. They went back to talking about space war, right? They'd sort of bailed on that theme for a while. So, some people were super pumped. Like, oh, it's going to be like Realm of Chaos. Eh, it's it's it, Realm it, of Chaos is fucking terrifying. It just doesn't <laughs> have that weight to it. Or I mean, and you know, would, Realm of Chaos came out in '89. Yeah, they went Space Marine instead of Chaos Marine. That's what happened. Yeah, I guess the, the square version. I guess we won't disgorge from a mutation-inducing portal and kill people at random. Yeah, I guess we'll just make a normal metal album instead for the Emperor. <laughs> so that's what it sounds like. We're honor, valor, and bride. Um, we ready to talk about tracks or? Oh wait, we haven't talked about Ben's notes. We've been talking this whole entire time, and we just skipped over Ben. He got off the hook briefly. Okay. He didn't have to go first. What does Ben have to say, Master Ben? Master Ben says, "Skipping changes to the seventh album. New singer, drummer. The drums once good, maybe slight. Our drums are good, maybe slightly less vicious." I really liked the old singer Carl Willits, but love Dave Ingram's voice. Since Carl was back on the next album, I wonder what the fan base band thought. Mm. Um, he goes, tasty, uh, motherfucked, good sound. Something like that. Motherfucking good sound, motorhead, god sound. <laughs> it's like he, he wrote it like a note on the very top right of his paper that he took a picture of. So, I mean, I can't believe he sent you a picture of his handwritten. I notes. love it. Covered in blood. <laughs> like, I, I think he just did what he had and just kind of like, all right, this is what he was to took his notes when he did. He's like, all right, this is what I got. He just took a picture and sent him <laughs> shell casings in the shot. No, I get it. <laughs> Ben's doing the Lord's work. That's what it is. No, I totally understand. This but, is like a Boondock so, Saints type situation. Yeah. And so it seems like Ben's very much in the, the mind that, huh. It's still bolt thrower, so it's still pretty damn good. I mean, he's not wrong. It's it's all relative. And if this weren't bolt thrower, I might even feel different about it. I don't know. I don't think it would monumentally change my opinion, but I don't know. I think they were flipping their shit. I think between the singer change and the flack they'd gotten for the album before this, I think they were trying to everybody drink, uh, return to form, right? I think this is <laughs> yeah. an attempt. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I need to pour myself some See, more. An attempt to return to form. We still got it. Um, and I think it fell a tiny bit flat, but I'd rather listen to this than most albums that exist in the world. Yeah. As for tracks, I think we're ready for those. It seems like uh, Ben sent all of them. I'm going to second Ben and say all of them as well. Okay. All right. Especially, I think, I think it's the title tracks do really good honor, vow and pride. Like it's nice how it's a three beat section way they layered out the tracks Mm -hmm. here. That run through the thread. Okay. I'm going to say the best run is four through six, uh, suspect, hostile, seventh offensive. Tracy, I can see why you like that track, uh, because there's finally a guitar line in there. There's finally some tempo variation, like after four uh-huh. tracks. And um, I also enjoyed Valor um, and Pride. I think I think Pride is a strong closer. Uh, I agree that that middle bit. Suspect Hostel through Valors were some of the strongest stuff is. I like Seven Offensive because it does have that tempo change. Inside the Wire's not bad. I know all these songs are fine. I mean, I'll just, all these songs are perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Look it up. They're all songs. They are, they're all songs. Every single one of them. That brings us to Gabe's selection. 
the Gadud, which is what would you say it was, Gabe? Crib death. Like mm. SIDS. Yeah, my was was the original language. Oh, it's Flemish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're um, from Belgium. All right. So I was wondering. Uh, the lineup is Wim Surupk on drums, Gilles Demoida on guitars, and Levi Seneve on guitars and vocals. So, nope. Listed bass guitars on here. Not surprising. Get to, get to really, <laughs> you don't really hear much in this album. Um, it was ben, released- ben hates it. Automatic F. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was released on January 14th of 2012 or 2022, not 2012. Label was Century Media Records. This album, we're gonna get the runtime up here in the first and foremost, is 44 minutes and 28 seconds. The mixing and mastering was Jack Shirley, and it was recorded at House Rothschild in Belgium and mixed and mastered at the Atomic Garden Recording Studio, East Palo Alto, California. So, Gabe, why'd you pick this scene? So this was an album that I heard last year and it ended up on my top 25. It actually was in my top 10, ranked number nine. And I think I originally decided to listen to it because of the connection between this band and Amun-Ra. They're, you know, part of the Church of Rock Collective. And I thought, you know, I don't really like black metal. (laughs) Um, yeah. but, but if these guys are, are hanging out with the guys from Amra at all, or if some of them were in Amra, maybe it might not be too bad. And this is actually atmospheric black metal that I like, and mm-hmm. I really don't like atmospheric black metal most of the time because it means something completely different to someone else. But when I think of this, this experience, I think of atmospheric black metal and I found it to be engaging, intense. Uh, creepy and and just repulsive and I just couldn't stop listening to it and um, that's that's pretty much why I picked it you know another way to get more of my uh, you know topics from last year on the schedule but also just I didn't think I was gonna like it and I really ended up digging it I'm not gonna lie when I first heard this the first like track and I was like how in the fuck is this not a gay pick? Like, this is a gay album. Why is he like not my subgenre? And I'm like, this is very gay. But as it gets deeper into the album, like the first like track and two, it's kind of, mm. and then like it actually kind of bleeds into much other different stuff. I'm like, okay, I kind of see it not being Gates, Gates main thing, but it's still pretty interesting and stuff. And I get what you say, but like when I was super black metal, because like there are definitely like I could listen to it i think it's probably one of the things that grabs you towards it because it has that kind of atmospheric black metal vibe to it like and how the songs are structured but it's like it's played differently if that makes it sense like i don't know like it just kind of it sounds different but it's it's hitting very war-worn grooves on an aspect of where my brain's like okay we're just gonna go along with a ride in this like my mind does with atmospheric like the atmospheric i typically listen to versus what you want prefer probably. Yeah, I think I think part of it maybe, and I think I'm I'm understanding what you're saying about the way that it's played is different. I think the difference might be that whereas atmospheric black metal, like when I hear that and when I sort of imagine what it sounds like, it's sort of like a morass, a kind of like a like a soundscape where like things are kind of vague or things are kind of like not very well defined. You're kind of like fumbling around. <laughs> This is not that. It's also much more terrifying than that. Um, It's like the riffs are just like going to cut you in half. Um, And the speed is also just, it's just incredible. Indeed. Um, Yeah, this treble uh, picking shit is so fast. It sounds like fucking mandolin or bouzouki or whatever. (laughs) You know what I mean? It has this like, I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, it's crazy fast, and it makes this sound that is really unheimlich and disturbing and unnerving. Like this album is, this album is, I agree with you, completely terrifying in a sort of a Blair Witch kind of way. So, I guess like in a mind's eye image of like when I hear atmospheric black metal, it reminds me of like, hey, here's this shack in like a wooded, quiet area, and there's no like sound like on a winter like thunder snow. This is like. Hey, you're in the middle of a major metropolitan city, 
during the thunder fucking blizzard and cars are just wrecking and stuff and you're like okay this is what's going on here like it's a very like different atmospherically but it's still atmospheric yeah for sure i also really appreciate on this album the fact that they are um they're playing with different sounds and textures mm-hmm. that don't normally enter this space like for sure throat singing um, uh, indeed and i don't which those. is which is totally awesome and then you know there's there's some like you know Django Reinhardt jazz randomly thrown into like <laughs> midway through the record uh you know just when you think it couldn't get creepy it, uh more creepy than that it's like okay here's something totally nonsensical it doesn't even work and then they make it work somehow and there's also some kind of like stonery like Amonara type grooves in here as well like there's a little bit of that kind of downer juice in there as well. Mm-hmm. These lyrics are grim as shit, man. This is unlike most black metal historically, which was the liner notes were Xerox thrown away and then put back in the CD case. Like I could hit a button and the lyrics would be going by in real time. Fuck me, Gabe. What some of these songs are about. And I understand like, what is it? Not that we should be talking about songs yet, but the one about committing arson on heaven itself. <laughs> like we have burned heaven down. And, uh, you know, I'm reminded that this is a place as they lean into with that first track title. I mean, Belgium is a society that both endured an enormous amount of violence and has perpetrated an enormous amount of violence. And it's a place that is super corrupt and fucked up in terms of like, not just a language thing, but like police corruption. And there was versions of the church scandal there. There's a lot of clear rage against Catholicism here. I mean, there's ways in which this album is very Belgian. Um, but the total effect of it, as you say, is just unnerving horror. And I don't like this genre much either. Like this style of vocals, I'm like, this might as well just be another instrument. But because I was like reading along as it was happening, it was like, oh, I'm reading these sweet little whimsical poems about setting heaven aflame or what else is going on here opiates have destroyed my entire family and now me or you know so on and so forth we're looting now looting and burning it all down uh you know you've met this album this is some scary shit man i don't i don't go in for these these vocal these kinds of vocals usually either but i think it's the fact that there's a little bit of variation and um the fact that it is not super raspy, like that's sort of what what gets me with it's, black metal is just they're like yeah. way too raspy. It's funny you should say that because Ben's notes throughout all this, the dude, aka the gabiest of black metal, gabiest, <laughs> very chaotic but in a good way. Drumming is black metal standard, but actually not mixed to sound like shit. So bonus question mark, shrieking bullshit vocals check. Switch themes in a black metal context. I'm sold. Nice. Um, we won. Out <laughs> of game powder just built up on him. I guess maybe, so. maybe broken mm. down his resistance. Yeah, but I do think that sledge metal and the black metal like rapping is a very interesting way, but apt way to describe it. Mm. Or maybe this is one of those where everybody's mileage may vary. Enjoy. I mean, it opens with like an ode to an assault weapon. So, yeah. you know, um, you get what you get. David, since you've had issues with this in the past, how did you handle the songs, the tracks continuing the other tracks, but the song kind of ending in the middle of tracks? And then I know what you're talking about. And it was occasionally annoying, but ultimately because the work as a whole was working like there's a logic to the way it pushes you yeah. under the car starts the car and runs over you so i i don't know it it did not annoy me in the way that code orange did if that's what you're asking but <laughs> like they never occasionally i'm like wait why did we wait why is this the end of the song oh no we're gonna do this for a minute and a half i don't know it was just creepy atmospherics i was i mean if i can handle perkta like i know this isn't folk black metal yeah i would say i would say too like amon rod is guilty of that as well and Mm -hmm. they're much more minimalist than than vega dude is um 
it seems to me that I don't know. I, I think they're if it if it's possible, I think they're asking less of the listener than Amon Ra is. I think that's true. I have a high tolerance also for just random people screaming at the worst moments of their life possible in a language that I don't understand for two minutes in a song <laughs> because I do things like ministry on purpose. So that that oh yeah yeah in that. that respect, Tracy, that kind of shit doesn't actually bother me that much. I mean, I like Rob Zombie is a thing. I think that's a good idea. So obviously, <laughs> yeah. I no no we get it. I mean, <laughs> you're just like this is just like <laughs> me traveling on the train going somewhere I'd rather be than here. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's what it is. But this is a menacing, scary thing you did, Gabe. It is. We ready for tracks or? Whatever you want. Yeah. I'm going to say all of them. Cheers. I'll agree with you. Cheers. And Ben as well. So that's three drinks. I'll say all of them. I do want to give a shout out to, well, Nussie and Oscar 16. My God, is that a terrifying opener? Just that, as I said, that mandolin sound. I mean, is this going so fast? Uh, and it's just unrelenting as it goes into the one about opiates. The one about burning down heaven, Jesus Christ, is, uh, I mean, I get it. This is a genre who, in other iterations, is willing to burn down literal churches. Not that this music costs that, but it is, uh, let's just say, a theme this genre is willing to explore in both deed and word. But uh, So, yeah, this was one of the most effective ways I've heard to me to do this black metal thing this was no, way yeah. scarier than fucking cradle of filth or yeah. even you know demon Borgir. who actually i think they're pretty good but this is oh, i feel dead inside even looking at the album right now <laughs> like looking at that album cover i know there's not much going on there but oof it's, it's very blur witchy like you said uh, though the album cover is nothing good i think the first you. three tracks are so creepy they are. Like, and it's just incredibly it takes you deeper and deeper into the you know and the the, the mongolian throat singing is a nice touch there oh, yeah. you're just gonna wrap it all up in a bow yeah yeah mm. speaking of wrapping it all up in a bow oh uh, i think it's time to uh put our money where our mouth is and grade these let me get uh bins in here so mm. i'm not having to bounce back and forth between Everything, man. Ben is very generous this week. I'm say, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. We shall. You should be surprised. So Ben started us off with Unbreakable. So I'll start him off with that, and he gives it a B minus, an eighty one. I'm going to come up and give it a. We'll give it a B plus, 88. I rather enjoyed it. I, not surprisingly, am right there with Ben. I thought it was fun enough. He's, it's good enough. And it had its moments. I'm going to give this also a B minus, an 81. Which is higher than what I thought initially, but I don't know. I guess I listened to it too many times that it overcame me. But I bet Gabe's going to bring us back down. That's why you're here, man. Yeah. Bringing up the rear. <laughs> bringing up the rear to fight the great inflation. Which Ben, you know, somehow is taking part in. I don't know what's going on here, but um, <laughs> don't let Ben lie to you. Uh, he, has a, he has a soft spot for power metal. Sometimes uh-huh. it seems so. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to give this a C plus because this is really for fans of the genre. Um, it's not really for. I don't think it's for for the general public. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, it should have a label. No, thing. Not safe for human consumption. Just no. It's a hazmat situation. Warning. Warning label. Uh, that gives it an average of 82. I'd buy this album. Ben said maybe. No, nah, man. No, I wouldn't buy this. Okay. The Abbey World of Sin. Ben gave this an A minus and a 91. Wow. Oh, he liked this. I thought he would. Once I heard it, I was like, I bet Ben's going to like this. Uh, I don't like this quite as much. Uh, again, you know, it's Doom. The tempo's a little off, but the vocals are so pretty. There's a lot of interesting things happening here. I'm going to give this a B plus, actually. Which, again, I wouldn't have expected going into it, but it's a B plus for me. I'm going to come right below you, David, at an 86.5. I think this is very good for a debut, and I think a lot of this album works very well. I'm going to come in above David, but slightly below Ben. I'm going to give this an A minus, a 90, just right there, like I put it, it's going to be on my end of year like rankings to come back to later. 
but it's definitely, I think, well worth a, a solid outcome out this year. That gives us an average of 89. Ben would buy this. I'd buy it. Sounds like we all would probably be. I got one. Yeah, this is cool. This is yeah. The album cover is also pretty whack. So. <laughs> Both Thor, Honor, Valor, Pride. Ben gives us an A minus as well for 91. This is my pick. I'm going to give this a. I'm going to Ben. I'm going to give it an A minus to 91. I'm like, it's not as good as War Master or Realm of Chaos was. And I need to go back and listen to the Fourth Crusade because I did not grade that one high. I gave it a C plus, and I feel like my opinion on that would change. <laughs> I bet it would now. And uh, Room of Chaos, I gave it A minus B plus. That probably changes as well. Sure. So I'd give this a 91, an A minus. I think I'm going to take this way down to a B. Like, I don't think this is uh, necessarily up there with their earliest records. War Master, this doesn't even touch War Master with a 10 foot pole. So, just a solid B. I'm going to take it way, way, way laterally, nowhere at all, to another B, because that's where the ship is. I love those other albums. This is not those albums, and that's just fine. Again, it is better than most albums that I would not give a B to, but uh, it's a B. B for me. Ben, uh, yep, that gives us an average of 88. Ben would buy this. I would buy it. I might because I'm a completist whore. I don't know. I, I, I might, think I, a better question is, is when this came out, would you, well, no, you didn't buy it. That's right. I didn't buy it. I didn't have any of those. Like I said, I I just, from I missed them from Mercenary on. It happens. Oh. I didn't listen to it nearly as much death metal for a while because I was like, you know, marrying people that have feelings and basic decency. What? So. You married people who had feelings? I mean, not after playing Vigatert. Now everyone's I'm, feelings I'm disappointed. Are, everyone's feelings have burned out of them, along with have, <laughs> heaven itself. Well, David's <laughs> trying to decide to play Robin Witchery or not, and then you might have to get married again. <laughs> Sex Witchery! Let there be Witchery. Let there be Witchery. Oh, man. All right, Would one you buy more, the sound right? Oh yeah. Um, I don't know if I would buy this album to be honest. Like, I mean, I would. I think that the there are some cool tracks on here for sure. Back then, I don't know what. what I I think I would have Napstered it back then. <laughs> bear, bear share. Good enough nice. to steal. Not good enough to buy. But Lar- <laughs> Lars Ulrich personally targets you for destruction. <laughs> he he did. He did indeed. Vigadu, there's always blood in the road. Ben gave Oof. this a B plus. Yeah, this is getting an A for me. It's a 93. I would never have thought this because it just makes me want to jam an ice pick through my forehead. But I'm going to give this. I'm going to give this an A minus. This is yes. terrifying. <laughs> yes, this is, no, this is a 91. I, it's definitely not my genre. And uh-huh. is that layer? Are those vocals? I, who even cares? It's scary and atmospheric and creepy. So. Uh-huh. I'm going to give this a B plus, an 88, giving us a, a solid average of an, a 90. So this one is going to grads. This one's going to uh, med school. Mm-hmm. The brass are going to have to set on chiropractor school. Yep. Um, looks like we'd all buy it. Indeed. If only to neutralize its powers, right? Do some kind of ritual to cancel it out. Just got to like, buy it and then just like burn sage throughout your entire house and then (laughs) and then throughout all of Belgium and then just like bury it (laughs) precisely that's what needs to happen in the hands of a you know child who died early inside an unborn calf inside you know and on and on and on inside a stone circle yeah indeed yeah well that was some music that was not in our genre. It happened, Gabe. You did it. <laughs> did. I you think we've stretched out a bit. We've d- done a little bit of growing, a little bit of learning. I agree with that. A um, little bit of uh, crying about it. So I think we're. <laughs> I think we're gonna we're in a good spot. We're in a good spot. I now know we need a what an eight album primal fear blast for Gabe. That's the thing we need to get going right. Ten albums. Why not? Why eight? Why stop there? Every primal fear album. <laughs> Why stop the traumatization there? You gotta. <laughs> it's the clockwork orange type situation. <laughs> Why don't we go halfway? We can go all the way. Oh man! 
Um, speaking of going all the way, what is the next foolish thing we are doing in in Blast Land or Grab Bag Land? I guess this would be our, our next foolish thing we're doing in, in Grab Bag Land is courtesy of Ben, and it is part three of his perfect non-metal albums from Metalheads listing in which i just changed mine on there which should be interesting i think everybody's gonna hate it mm. but me but <laughs> sounds like a rigging endorsement i'm not changing shit i know <laughs> i didn't rig shit like i i put the album there that needed to be there so enjoy it or not yeah. i had a different album and then i was thinking about it, like you know what we haven't done and i was like i'm gonna go with this what, accordion music what is it it's it's orchestral oh no <laughs> oh no okay guess, guess i'll see <laughs> what if what's have what hath you wrought tracy it's a bit like ben always talks about my video game soundtrack so i'm giving him a video game soundtrack it's literally the soundtrack yeah, to legend that. of zelda yeah he's gonna love it <laughs> no not quite i think it's a little more um scary sounding legend of zelda spooky scary which yeah, so I'm looking forward to it to see how you guys react to that. Well, I'm looking forward to you looking forward to our reactions to you looking great. forward. Yeah, guess we'll see. One broken next call time at a time on Thunderdome Metal Reviews. Oh, <laughs>